Hey everyone, I'm Matthew. And I'm Ileana. Welcome to the Armory. This is a place where believers can be encouraged to live for Jesus and make disciples. We want to provide an arsenal of resources that help Christians to be bold in their faith. Our hope is that through this podcast, people will learn to love God's Word and abide in Christ. Thanks for joining. Well, welcome to this week's episode of The Armory. We have a really fun podcast for you guys this week. We are actually currently in Michigan, in Ileana's hometown. In our hometown. We have been here for two weeks. We drove our minivan. We're about to leave, actually, which is pretty crazy. I know, we've been here a long time. But it's been fun. We actually have a really, really cool podcast episode for you guys today because one of the things we want to do on this podcast is provide you guys with resources to help you live authentic Christian lives. And so we are actually doing our very first interview our very first interview we got matt chandler he's here <laughs> just kidding but good to be with you matt <laughs> <laughs> so how about you introduce who we have here we have you know them the well. one and only well two and only dan and christy cook round of applause round of applause <laughs> got so, <me> pop <laughs> for those of you who do not know who dan and christy cook are they are related to iliana iliana's former name the parents cook um, and they are two people in Michigan doing ministry. And if you guys just really want to explain what you guys are doing right now before we get started, so people know who you are, what you guys are doing in ministry, where you're doing ministry, that'd be awesome. Well, before we actually explain anything, I am so encouraged by you, Matthew, and you, Illy, for these podcasts. And we are just praying continually over you guys that God continues to do a mighty work in and through this podcast. And that those people that are listening, um, are excited about who Jesus is and realize that uh, we are all kind of wacko. Yeah. And um, I, I just appreciate your guys' openness <laughs> on these podcasts. So, babe, it's you are, they, they have not, they told me before we came on here, they have not had to edit anything. And they're, this is the 11th podcast now? 12th. Okay. So 12, this 13. may be the first one that's going to need some work. So I apologize in advance for that. So because this is a family friendly podcast. Goggy, because you are Goggy, meaning my wife, because you're so much better at explaining things and speaking clearly as so that people understand, I'm going to let you kind of explain. What was the question he asked? See, I already Your forgot. Name. Oh, my name. I'm Dan. Go ahead, Goggy. Uh, yeah, so we actually do ministry at Harvest Fremont um, in Michigan. And um, Dan is a pastor there and an associate pastor. And he does a lot of biblical counseling. We actually do it together when we can. Mm -hmm. I actually work at the church as well, and I am the ministries director, kind of oversee uh, multiple ministries and just help facilitate in that way. Um, But I would just say we're the most passionate about discipleship and what that looks like. And for us, a lot of that looks like biblical counseling um, and marriage counseling. I think that's basically what I think one of the things in ministry, we're involved in so many different things, but one of the things that continues to drive us close to the Lord and to each other is walking beside Mm -hmm. other people in that counseling room. Mm -hmm. So that's been a really good thing for us in the last, what, eight, nine years we've been doing that now? Almost nine years. Almost nine years of counseling together. That's pretty good. It's been awesome. Yeah, and so one of the things we want to do is kind of walk through the fact that, you know, you guys are at a place now that you didn't just start at. Like you were Mm -hmm. at a different place maybe 10, 15 years ago, whatever. Um, but before we get into that, before we get into this kind of interview, I do have a question for you guys. Um, I need to know what your top, this is good for the listeners because I need to know yeah. a little bit more about you. Um, I need you to rank, both of you, 
top three peanut butter brands um, and explain your number one choice and why is it Jip? Do we get to do this too? And why is it Jip? Why is it Jip? Yeah, listen, Matt, that's kind of even a dumb question because there's not top three peanut butters. There's only one. There's only one. What is it, Gog? Jip. Jip. And I would just like to say I've inherited this trait from them. Listen, I understand. Listeners probably know that. And I wait a minute though. I gotta I gotta just develop this a little bit more because Jif had a big issue recently. Yeah. And and they pulled it all off the shelf. And we still had what three jars in our cupboard. Mm-hmm. Did we get sick at all? No, we ate them. And we ate every every jar. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. but if I did have to pick one, so, it so would probably be Peter Pan. By Jif. Maybe Peter Pan would be my next one. Now Peter Pan plain or Peter Pan with honey? I'd have to go with the honey because yeah, it has to be a little sweet. Yeah, do it. Yeah. Jif is just hits different. I grew up eating. The Gross peanut organic <laughs> no. mashed from the no. peanuts. I'm sorry. Nobody. The jar upside down. Yeah. I'm sorry. Dave and Maggie. I love Dave and Maggie. I love them so much, but Maggie. But they deprived come on. you from yeah. the good peanut butter. The good peanut butter. Yeah, that's true. And you, you like Jif too. So we will yeah. rank Jif at a ten, and there is no second place. Mm-hmm. That's how we'll. That's there how is we'll no that second one. place. There is no second place. Okay. No. Okay. That's you've heard it here, folks. Good question. <laughs> Only question you need. That's <laughs> the end. What do we do if Jif disappears? You guys gonna? It did disappear. But like. What happens if Jif goes away? Would you just... Why are we asking hypothetical questions? That are well, hypothetical questions are important, but what Matt doesn't know is that we have a cellar downstairs full of Jif <laughs> peanut butter and chocolate Hershey bars. So we're set. It's true. So. Um, Great question, though. This yeah, was good, Gog. I didn't see this one coming. Did you? Also, if you hear us calling them Goggy and Pop-Ops, yeah, well, those are their names for their that their grandkids call them. So doggy and pop-ups because you know as you know we're having a baby so that's their new name yeah i mean how exciting is that we have four beautiful granddaughters right now and iliana and matthew will be bringing us our first grandson so this is exciting so we're like the best children because (laughs) and the name of that baby is to be determined later okay (laughs) i do have one other question okay thus you had a question no okay this is for dan um Mm. do you know what a podcast is I believe it's something in the cloud. Yeah. Oh, and people, cloud. the clouds carry different different things, <laughs> and at different times you can push different buttons, Gaggy, and then you can listen to it. What? At first I thought this was on the radio, and then you said it's a podcast. So, uh, no, I don't know much about it. Um, he knows picture, that I send it to Picture him the radio, the, but it's not live. It's pre-recorded. Pre-recorded. Picture the radio. Um, picture the radio. Just, so imagine you in your car and you turn on the radio. I do that. That's going on right now. Like you're hearing yeah. them. They're in a studio. This is the same thing. Okay. Except we are going to release this on Tuesday. So it'd be like you giving me a CD to put into yeah, my like car. Because I still have a CD in my car. It's, you know what? That's so exactly what it is. That's what it's like, right? But, it's, but instead of a CD, it's, it's in called the, a pod. Where is it? Cloud. The cloud. It's in the cloud. It's in the cloud. It's been really interesting to see, like, as as we <laughs> met Matthew yeah. and like got to know him, um, your technology skills have like just yeah, increased. That's true, Dad. Yeah, I mean, for me to be able, every time yeah. that Matthew's here. He's teaching you about how to open your computer and how to actually like type in it and stuff. <laughs> or and how to solve awesome. a Rubik's Cube or something. We did learn. Is... We mastered the Rubik's Cube in we March. Did. Well, a couple years ago. We did. Really, it comes down to how Matthew is way more patient than I am to help, yeah. like, teach you something. Or... 
I say, am too. Yeah, yeah, maybe than you are. So Matthew's it's the easier most for me to one. just do it. Yeah, and Matthew's been teaching you. So it's interesting. Yeah. Even when he's here for a couple of weeks, then all of a sudden your technology ability it just like goes up. Yeah. Yeah. And now you know what a podcast is. So that's so a good question. Sky's the limit. You know, clouds we we grow in our walk with Christ, but we also grow in our walk in the clouds. Yeah, <laughs> and that's kind of what we're. Oh, oh my goodness! Um, this is going sideways. Or what are no, we? No, this is good. So yeah? I was just going to say, for our listeners, yeah, they kind of talked about how biblical counseling, specifically for like married couples, mm-hmm. is kind of their like go-to. So what we're here today to do is like hear your guys' story. Like Matthew said, you didn't start out obviously counseling people in the church. So hear a little bit about how God brought you to that place. Mm-hmm. But if you're not married and you're listening to this, this is still going to be really helpful, I think, to listen to because, um, I mean, Matt and I have talked to you guys about this mom and dad. Like it's so helpful to be single, dating, engaged or whatever before you get married and have like couples and like accurate representations of different stories of people's marriage and like Mm -hmm. a lot of people that we know have told us maybe like their parents don't have a very godly like biblical marriage that they can look up to and Matt and I are blessed to have that from you guys and his parents Mm -hmm. and so this is like the resource that we're sharing today is like a picture of God's sovereignty in marriage but if you're not married or even if you don't feel called to being married it's still important like you're doing ministry with people who are married (laughs) so it's important to like have pictures of what that looks like yeah so essentially what we want to do is we just want to hear your story we want to hear about I mean I haven't heard all of your story I've heard it in little bits and pieces but I I know it's a picture of how God is faithful in all things and so I think it'd be really cool for people who are listening to kind of hear your story and hear how you got to where you guys are today because mm-hmm. I think it's been a long road. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, and you guys can share whatever you want. We can talk. We can have fun. But so, how many episodes is this going to actually be then? We'll We're going to have to take we'll a pause start and make talking it. Talking and it keeps, see if it goes for a while. We'll, we'll, we'll I wasn't pause. paying attention to what time we started. So you're, you so we met. So, we actually so met thirty you know, years ago. So in. thirty yeah, years. So that's how fast it goes. So yeah, go thirty for years it. ago. What what I would start off by saying is, is I love how you guys are saying is it your story, and I think that's something that's really important for everybody to remember is that. Each one of us have a different story. It's our testimony. It's who we are and what we've gone through in life. And to focus in on the fact that it's our story, but it's God's story right. through us. And that's the part that I just love to be able to focus on. But yeah, we met when I was 14 and you were a <laughs> 16, s- still yeah. a smoking hot 17-year-old. Mm. I was 16 when we were 16. met, but 30 years ago and um, dated in high school, high school sweethearts, both of us coming from a place where our parents were pastors and had gone through some crisis in their marriages individually. And that kind of created a a place where we, um, when we first were dating and when we first even got married, we kind of stepped away from the Lord just thinking, we don't want what happened to our parents to happen to us. So we, so it must be this, um, you know, that, that the church isn't good and God isn't good and that kind of thing. So um, obviously we still believed in the Lord, but we just weren't practicing that in our everyday mm-hmm. relationship with him and um and our walk in biblical community or anything like that yeah um, it's like we knew the lord was there and we had him in our back pocket just in case mm-hmm. but there yeah. was no real living out our faith right. in our actions mm-hmm. and so what it was was it our 12th year 13 year of marriage i mean obviously we have three kids Ileana yeah. is our youngest one the beautiful voice you get to listen to on these podcasts mm-hmm. all the time um, was it 13 years no, in or 14? 15. 15 years in, uh, I would say that we hit a crisis. And while we call it a crisis in the counseling room, like there's a point when somebody yeah. hits a crisis, um, 
I have learned to see that that is um, God's grace in our life when we hit those things. So if you guys are out there listening and your marriage is uh, in trouble and there's something that's going on, look at that and go, that's, that's probably God's grace meeting you right where you're at and trying to teach you something. And that's what he was trying to do in that moment. And it was uh, really, I believe, um, God wanting to get a hold of my heart, um, not just part of it, but all of it. Right. And so when, when, uh, when Christy and I uh, separated, we didn't do a, like a legal separation, but we had, we had separated from each other and uh, the end was near. Uh, divorce was right around the corner. Um, I had some decisions to make and I didn't make the good ones for the first month. I, I was able to get into a spot of deep depression trying to raise three children and go to work and losing everything. Uh, life was falling apart. So I, I struggled with really deep depression um, to the point where there was um, suicidal thoughts, um, heavy, heavy drinking from time to time. And that lasted for about three weeks. And I realized quickly that this was not going to work. That's not sustainable. That's not sustainable long term. And God was working. Mm -hmm. And I knew I had three kids. And, and, and despite the fact that Christy and I were not together, I... I needed to raise children still. And so I went to church. And by God's grace, I, I walked into a church where I knew an individual that uh, watched me come in late and leave early. And uh, he called. And from there, we, we ended up meeting. I'll never forget him sitting down with me and asking me the question, do you want somebody to talk to you that's going to be really patient and calm and loving? Or do you want somebody that's going to hit you in the face lovingly? Yeah. And I said, I'll take somebody who's going to hit me in the face right. lovingly. And he said, okay, well, then you're going to meet with me. And so it, that's kind of what started it. You, you got anything to add right there? No. And so you started biblical counseling at that point through that church. And um, I think that the cool thing was to watch how you embraced the fact that it was your relationship with the Lord first yeah. and that it didn't just have to do with getting me back or Amen. getting our marriage right, back or sure. it was you making a decision to live for the Lord no matter what happened within our marriage and um, watching you do that I think at first I was skeptical of that and being mm -hmm. like oh he's just faking it so that everything can be okay but the reality is it, it wasn't a fake out. It was real. And, um, and you know, God being faithful through that and, and being able to use that even to this day, even when we're counseling and stuff, is super cool to see how you had to make that really hard step of obedience. And the, even the way I talk about it in the counseling room now is like the ripple effect of that for our marriage, for our kids, for our grandkids now and right. watching them grow up and, and recognizing that Jesus is the most important thing. Um, it's super cool to know that it started by you making that first decision yeah. and to be obedient to the Lord and to put God first in your life. And so through that, a couple months later, I agreed to come to counseling, even though I didn't really want to. Um, and, mm -hmm. and then we met with, um, his counselor's wife too. So we had the couple that was counseling us and, um, you know, it was a hard, it was a hard road for me in counseling. And I often say that I was the hardest counselee that they ever had at that church um, <laughs> over the last decade. But um, just like being super stubborn and not wanting to be obedient to the Lord and, mm -hmm. and recognizing it, it's super hard to make that choice of obedience of, no, I need to go back to my husband. I need to live 
in the house with him. I need to focus on raising my children. I need to get my circles and priorities straight as far as God and then husband and then children. And it was really hard for me to make Mm -hmm. that step. Um, But then recognizing I had to make that step of obedience too after he did. Yeah, and I I mean, you know, right now there's hopefully married people that are listening. and, And what I'd say is, as a man and as a leader, that was the thing that God was trying to get a hold of me in. Right. Is, is I was not leading. And, and what it took was somebody talking to me and sitting down and saying, no, we're not here to talk about Christy. We're here to talk about you and your walk with the Lord. And so he'd pull out scripture. You know, Dan, how are you living in an understanding way with your wife? Yeah. Knowing that she is the weaker vessel. Well, I don't really know what that means. Yeah. Well, let me explain it to you. How are you doing at listening to your wife? Mm-hmm. Listening to when she's telling you something. And the truth is, is, I could look at that and go, well, she's been telling me things for 14 years. Mm-hmm. And I haven't listened to one thing. And so when I started to realize God's word gnawing at my heart, saying, you are not being a good listener, I was able to then own what I needed to own. So for those men that are out there right now, and you're looking at your wife's and you're saying, man, our marriage is not doing good. Um, She doesn't listen to anything I'm saying. We're just not close. We're not connecting. I would say, first of all, the important thing is to be involved in a church and get yourself surrounded by somebody who's going to preach the Bible to you. You guys just came off of that series on this podcast about getting in God's Word, and you want people pointing you to God's Word. But once I was able to start seeing, and it was hard. You know, Mom is saying right now that it it was awesome to see me do things despite the fact that she was coming back. Well, the truth was I was doing those things, wanting to give God all glory and do it for him out of an obedience to him. But I will not stand here and lie to anybody that's listening and say that my desire was not for my marriage to be restored. I prayed that faithfully every single day. Lord, restore my marriage. Bring my kids back together under one roof. Um, But it took a lot of work to get to that spot. And and it was the Lord that was working in us. And so as, as mom sits here and says, Man, it was so encouraging to see you do that. I can look and go, and it was just as hard for you to take that step to be obedient to say, I'm going to fight for this too. And it was hard, but we were able to fight not for each other. Would you agree? Mm -hmm. It wasn't fighting for each other and to save the marriage. It was first and foremost fighting to say, we know God. We know God knows us and we want to fight to bring him glory. And so... Well, and I also think a really important thing for me was to... Even even growing up as a pastor's kid in, in a church, that was a, um, a lot about you need to do these things and you can't do these things, mm-hmm. like, like lists of rules, right? And it was the first time in my life where I very clearly was taught and understood the message of the gospel. And um, what exactly does the gospel mean for Christy? Mm-hmm. And um, being able to see that, being able to have someone teach me that, but then actually say, seeing how it applies to my life. Um, and the grace of the Lord and the, the love that he has for me personally um, is just something that I don't think I ever saw before. Mm-hmm. So I think like even in our walk now, people will ask us, oh, so you got saved when you went through biblical counseling. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I don't believe that I did. I believe that I got saved when I was five years old. But I yeah. do believe that for the first time I recognized and understood the grace of the Lord and Mm -hmm. what the gospel means for me personally. And I think it's cool, like, as your daughter, obviously, listening to you guys share this, like, children recognize their parents' steps of obedience to the Lord. And, like, I mean, you guys said that, like, 
now the ripple effect that this has had for me and my siblings and their kids and our soon to be kids or whatever like um there's not a doubt in my mind that the lord was faithful in me being able to see you guys make those steps of obedience and see like oh i don't think it's really easy for mom to come to church with us and like see us all there or whatever Mm -hmm. but knowing like oh she wants to do this to love dad or be i mean i was young so i guess my understanding probably is not full but like I think children who are listening to this who maybe, like, have seen their parents go through this, it can be really encouraging for you to, like, encourage your parents in that, too, I think, Mm -hmm. and say, like, hey, I recognize, like, your steps of obedience Mm -hmm. in raising me and, like, knowing that that's hard. And maybe it's just because we're about to be parents and, like, being like, (laughs) oh, my gosh, how do you make all those good decisions? But, like, um, yeah. I I think you also, though, uh, you know, to see that all three of our kids right now have chosen to marry a believer mm-hmm. i i'm not sure that that would have happened if we would have continued right. on the path that we were um but like to see you go to moody and go to bible school and um that was not supposed to turn into a four-year I, thing I that was you're going out of the house to move to chicago to to figure out how to live we on were your supposed own. to let you yeah just go for a year and then yeah, you would cry and ask to come home but you yeah. never did now she found matt and now they're gone <laughs> <laughs> leave and cleave baby no, you know when you're when you're when you're going through marriage, and again we're fighting to glorify the Lord, right? We want to we want to bring Him glory, but we've talked about this often. Like, uh, I have a picture of the kids in our whole family in, in my office, and when the days get hard, right, and ministry can be difficult from time to time, but glorifying the Lord and looking at that ripple effect, like what you're talking about, and saying we, God knew and had a plan that we were fighting for so much more, and He loves us, and He's like, listen, I want this to go well for you, but I want you to be obedient and to watch that now, throughout the generations already coming up, it has been. And I think amazing. always, always in ministry when it gets hard, because we've now been in ministry together for what eight? Is it eight years? Um, a while, and when ministry gets hard, it's really awesome to be able to look at that picture or think about that time and recognize God's faithfulness in in that there's always evidence of God's faithfulness you just have to remember to look for it and see it right and not and not forget about it Mm -hmm. um and so when it's a bad day in ministry it's always a great day in in the eyes of the Lord because of what he's done and because of his grace to us in showing us that that our family is going to follow Jesus and that's the most important thing so right but, yeah, go ahead, uh, Ellie. I was going to say you said like your family owner gonna of this follow, podcast. <laughs> your family's going to follow Jesus, and like I think a huge priority for you guys was knowing that that first started with you guys making sure your marriage was like following mm-hmm. the Lord, and then focusing on like okay, how can our that's kids right. follow the mm-hmm. Lord? And it's not always about like, I mean, that's the best probably parenting advice we've been given, and what I've seen from you guys is like your marriage is your priority, and Listen, that's going to affect your children. More is caught than taught. Yeah, and Come we, on. Te- we teach that a lot in counseling. So people are like, "Well, can you help me fix my kid?" And their marriage is a disaster, right. and they're not putting Christ first. It's like, no, you got to get it mm. in this order. Yeah. And by the way, when you're pursuing the Lord, your your kids will come along because more is caught than taught. Yeah. And so I think you can apply that in a lot of areas of your life. But when you're focused on what God is calling you to do, it just bleeds out of you. And people like that's discipleship 101 yeah. at the very core of, of making sure you're following the Lord first. Right. I feel like there's so much that I want to start talking about, like as far as like hitting, hitting the guys. So I love dudes. I mean, I love speaking truth into their lives, but 
the, the thing about and so I don't know how much time we have on this thing. That's so right. I'm gonna no, I'm gonna just the, the thing about men again right now for the one man that's listening that is going well that worked good for you but you don't know who I'm married right. to. We must lead our wives and we cannot lead them somewhere that we have not yet been. Meaning, if we are not spending time in God's word, going to God in prayer, we're trying to lead them anywhere other than to the Lord, it will be a huge fail. Mm -hmm. So leading mom. Mm -hmm. um, all right, so we're out of the what we would call, we got to come up with a different word other than crisis. Come on, Matt. You're like a wordsmith. Let's not, yeah, let's not call it a crisis because it's, it's like woods. A, coming out of the woods. Yeah. You know, the woods that we ran into, we got a little lost and then, then God found us and we found him more like it. We drew near to him. It's the whole, the whole leading. Um, if, babe, am I a rebel? Mm -hmm. Was I a rebel at heart for like how many years? Most of your life until like the last three years. Until like the last three years. <laughs> okay, so, so man, if we turn around and we see a wife who's being... I don't want to be say rebellious because that can be misinterpreted and misunderstood. But if we have a rebellious spouse, as a man, I have to look and go, am I a rebellious husband? And I had been for years and years and years and put you through so many difficult things where you didn't know what was going to come out of my mouth. Mm -hmm. I was leading her that way. I was not leading her in the way that God has asked me to lead her. I was leading her down a road of rebellion. And so the weight that we carry, the responsibility, the thing that God has gifted us to be able to do as men is to lead our wives. And so making sure again that we're, we're going back to the Lord and we're owning up to what we need to own. But would you say I'm rebellious now or you're more rebellious? <laughs> I, am I we allowed to say that? Are we that? talking about me now or? No, no, no. Okay. This is a you story. No, it's a <laughs> In all of that, I've heard you guys share this before, so I'll ask this question. There was a point where you you would say Dad had to like ask for forgiveness, and that was probably part of like that leading mm. process, right? Yeah. Do you remember that day? Yeah. So that he, was a big one. Yeah. So this was in the midst. We were still in the woods or the crisis or whatever, <laughs> um, and he called me and said he wanted to meet with me, and I was like, "This is stupid. I don't want to go." But I did ask you to go to Starbucks. You did, and I did. You love Starbucks. You have a Starbucks, Starbucks now. Right now. Yeah. <laughs> um, and he had a list of a bunch of things that had happened in the past 15 years that he wanted to ask for forgiveness for. Like, literally, he had sat and thought about a whole bunch of things. And I, I was, like, in complete shock, honestly, that he remembered them, but recognized that he was listening to me. He just was not wanting to acknowledge me in the moment, but then he acknowledged me on all of the things. And I honestly couldn't believe that he remembered them. Um, but asking for forgiveness for things that he knew he hadn't done right as a husband right. and that was at the very beginning but i think that was when i agreed to go to counseling wasn't it i think it was that same it was time. and actually coming out of that that's not a bad challenge for people mm -hmm. specifically men right now um you, you said that i remembered those things and the truth is, is i had a little notepad in the truck and i was snow plowing a lot and doing landscaping so i was i just had a lot of time to drive and think and pray and pray some more and I had a notepad and what I did is I just asked the Lord I said Lord reveal things to me in the last 15 years of marriage that I need to own up to mm -hmm. things that I don't even think I might remember but that m may have hurt Christy mm -hmm. in our marriage the most insignificant things 
And it's pretty amazing when we pray and we ask the Lord to reveal areas. <laughs> yeah. yeah. When we ask the Lord to reveal things in our life that we need to repent of and ask for forgiveness in. And so I would just encourage anybody that's out there to to spend some time doing that. Not to go and get all negative and get depressed, but to really cry out to the Lord and say, Hey, is there anywhere that I need to is there anything that I need to own? Yeah. And ask for forgiveness in. And so the Lord gave me a lot of those things for sure to be able to share with you that awesome day at coffee. And you hugged me at the end of that date too. Yeah, do you remember it? You know, I do. It was a sideways hug. I told my counselor it about it. And he was hug. he was like, are you doing handsprings right now? And I said, dude, yeah, she hugged me. It was so exciting. So the cool thing about our story is even at that time, if you would have told me that we were going to be in ministry, I would have mm. been like, no, we're not. And I'll bet you a million dollars we won't be. Hello. Why would we ever want to do that? Both of our parents were in ministry. We didn't see, you know, that that turned out well. So we were like, okay, wait. Um, we were in counseling, few sessions in, and all of a sudden our counselors are like, all right, you guys are going to get released or you're going to graduate from counseling. We're like, what? And I remember crying and I, I'm not ready to be released from them. And like, even in the next week, I went up to my counselor and I'm like, and then he said this, and then he said this, and then he said this. And she just looked at me and said, but you know what to do, right? And I was like, I guess. And she's like, we'll do that then. And that was the end of our counseling. And then, like, three weeks later, they were like, okay, now you're going to go in with these people while we counsel them. And you're going to sit with them. And you're going to help us, like, walk alongside them. And I'm like, what? We're not not ready ready for for that. that. (laughs) And it really just progressed into a point where we were doing – we we went and got training um, in – Faith Lafayette. Oh, yeah, Faith Lafayette. We can give them a shout-out for sure. And um, we – we went back every year for our training, but through that, you know, we were doing counseling on our own. Mm-hmm. Um, I got offered a job at the church that we had went through counseling um, through, and and then a couple of years after that, they they hired Dan, and that was, you know, kind of how we were both all of a sudden we're like, wait, we're in ministry now. Wait, you're a pastor. Wait, I'm a pastor's wife. Oh my word, what does that actually mean? You know, in I mean, I think, honestly, I was in ministry before I realized I kind of was in ministry. Like, and yeah. in, in what, what, what does that actually mean? And what, what's the weight that comes with that? And, um, and what changes? And honestly, nothing changes because God calls <laughs> us all to be disciple makers. And God calls us all to, um, you know, put him first in our life. And so what we're doing is we're doing the more is caught than taught thing, honestly, right? If we can keep our eyes focused on the Lord and do what he calls us to do in making disciples, then um, we can do that with a job title of pastor, or we can do that with a job title of landscaper. It doesn't matter. That's right. right? It's Amen. the same. Do you, guys, do you guys think that you could be doing what you're doing right now with the same level of authenticity and effectiveness that you hadn't gone through this season of the woods or Absolutely crisis? not. No. Absolutely not. No way. Absolutely not. No. no. God, and so cool to look back now. And it wasn't cool then, but it's so cool now to look back and be like, boy, God had a huge plan. And, you know, something I do often say to Dan as as we move through ministry, I say, you know, knowing you for 30 years and knowing the gifts and talents that you have, God finally found the place where you needed to be. And, yeah. and, to, and to see his gifts and talents just be magnified through ministry and pointing to Jesus. Like, he's a passionate guy, so he's passionate about everything that he does. Um, and he was for the last 30 years. Every single thing that he gets into is, pa- is passion. But for him to, to switch that passion to Jesus 
um, I'm like, okay, God finally has you where he wants you. And so. And again, it's, it's, it was the, I believe God always knew, obviously he's God, right? He, he knows everything. Um, but for, for me to get to that spot of being obedient to him and being passionate for him. So, you know, I love like Matthew and Ellie, you, your guys' schooling, all the stuff that you guys have been preparing for, right? And now God has got you in a place where you're, you're going to be thriving in a church and God's going to use you in amazing ways. So I love the calling. I do believe that pastoral ministry and what God has laid on your guys' hearts as a couple is so exciting. Mm-hmm. Mom and I didn't go through that. Right. It wasn't uh, 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 from a young age, like, I can't wait to go through, I don't know how many years you've been in college, Matt, but <laughs> I mean, it's got to be coming to a close at some point, doctor. I don't know. But but the truth yeah. is, is you guys have really been pursuing this and excited about it. And I believe that God has has a special purpose in your life for sure. And he's going to use you in mighty ways. But to go back to mom and I, you know, people will say, and I love it because people will get excited about full-time ministry and say, we want to get into full-time ministry. Mm -hmm. And I say the same thing thing to them that people have said to me, just keep doing what God has asked you to do here and let's trust him. What is it that you always say? Bloom where you're planted. Say it, mama, so they can hear it. Bloom where you're planted. That's right. So that today. (laughs) I I think that people, I I think it is hard. Sometimes it's hard now that we're about 11 years out of of our counseling or our crisis or our woods, whatever you're calling it. Still got to come up with it. We're 11 years out, but like people now look at us and like, oh, look at how awesome you guys are. And you have this, you know, you're just awesome and great and perfect. And we're like, dude, you weren't there 11 years ago when it was super hard, man, super hard. And we had to make super hard decisions. And so when we're talking to our counselees, even we're saying things like that. No, you have to make the hard decision right now where God has you right now. The next step of obedience, you need to move forward. If you can't just bounce he wa- forward he 11 years. He wanted to see years. us be faithful. Yeah. You know, be faithful in that little step. Be faithful in little, and then, yeah. then, we, then he'll trust us to be faithful in much. And right. I believe that's what we've seen in the ministry, at least, mm-hmm. is, you know, as we continue to move forward, it's like we have different responsibilities, and we have the opportunity to really disciple disciplers now. And pouring to other people that are actually counseling other people. And so that ripple effect. But it's it's being faithful in the tiny things so that we can continue to be faithful in the big things. Yeah. Um, I think, honestly, if you were to ask me, like, what am I most passionate about in ministry? Obviously, um, discipling people who have broken marriages because of our past. But my favorite thing is to disciple other people on how to be a disciple maker. Like yeah. the next level up, like teaching people what is it like teaching other small group leaders about what it means to have a small group and how they can pour into the lives of the people in their group. That's really where my passion lies. I like being the teacher. <laughs> You're very good at it. She's yeah. good at that. Mm-hmm. What do you like the best? Uh-huh. Talking to men. <laughs> this is where it's a pause. What do I like the best? In ministry. I, I believe that I do like the discipleship piece for sure. I think one of the things that I love more than anything else is sitting in the room with you mm-hmm. where we don't have to say a word to each other, but mm-hmm. we can look across the room and see a couple and we can go, God's got this. Yeah. yeah. And watch as God does what he does with broken people. I love the brokenness and the messiness of individuals. Because every time I'm talking with somebody, I see the brokenness and the messiness reflected back on me going, Mm -hmm. that's who I am. Saved by grace through faith, period. End of story. There is no other way. And then being able to walk with them, but knowing that I'm in the room with you and we're watching and we're able to pour into other individuals who are in that place that we can remember. Not that we're going back and living in it. But to remind them that there's nothing too big for Jesus. Nothing. And Jesus can redeem anything. Mm -hmm. And um, they just have to 
take that first step in believing that, right? In, in believing that, that Jesus is the only way. That Jesus is the only way out of their crisis. And sometimes for them, it's like, wait, it's as simple as Jesus? Yes, it is. I, so. I do have one more favorite part. One more favorite part. This is awesome. And you guys, you going to allow it? We I'll got time for this. <laughs> is when you get to walk beside a couple whose marriage was mm-hmm. over, mm-hmm. done. They're sitting on opposite sides of the couch when they come in. You start working through things, and then midway through, they're now a little closer. By the end, when we're getting ready to deploy them out of soul care, they're now holding hands, and the the husband's leading in prayer, and the wife is praying, and then we get to pull them in on another case Mm -hmm. as advocates and watch them now share their testimony of God's faithfulness Mm -hmm. with that brand new couple. I believe that that is one of the things that excites me probably more than anything else. Obviously, God's redeeming work, but watching other people learn and then be able to pour into yeah, other people. That is, yeah. that is discipleship. Mm-hmm. That's what it's all about. So what do you guys do today to fight for your marriage? Because mm-hmm. I feel like Dan and Christy, you guys are both one, two decisions away from mm-hmm. deeper in the woods than you ever were, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Like, devil's at the door, creeping, yeah. trying Absolutely. to yeah. take over your life. And what do you mm-hmm. do to fight for your marriage now that you are out of the woods, yeah. quote unquote? I believe one of the things, first of all, that, that I know, and Matt, I, I would love to sit on this podcast and say, I've got this licked, and I am so good at this. Um, are you scared? Ileana is making oh, a face no, at me, wondering never, where dad is going. I've never heard that phrase before. So. Oh, well, I'm old. Most of the guys will know what that means. Um, but I really want to be faithful at spending time alone, not prepping for my counseling cases for what I'm about to teach, but with the Lord all on my own learning from him and having drawing near to him in daily devotions um i would say one thing that we're fighting for is i'd say we're quick to go to our feet to, to each other with prayer mm-hmm. when there's something that we sense going on we, we stop before we even have a conversation and we we pray mm-hmm. i would say we're we're quicker at that um i would say there's a few things number one we're on the lookout for satan creeping at the door yeah i think that we're more aware that because of everything that's happening, um, you know, through us, but with obviously Jesus doing it, doing the work, but we know that Satan's going to be more apt to try to attack us. And so we see that more, I I think we see that more coming. Um, and so we're on the, we're on the lookout. Um, the other thing is the tools that we practiced or learned about when we went through biblical soul care, back 11 years ago we use on a daily basis with each other mm-hmm. and I would say primarily our roles as husbands and wife yeah um, I'm constantly looking for ways that I can fan follow and finish my husband um, just like what God calls me to do as a wife um, and also our rules of communication of we're keeping current we're not lying we're not attacking each other we're attacking the problem um, we're not reacting we're acting using really good words like loving each other, being patient, those kinds of things. We're practicing that in our marriage every single day. Here's the really cool part. Through God's faithfulness, he has allowed us to tell other people about these things on a daily basis. What that means is that I'm constantly talking to myself (laughs) about the things that I need to remember. And so that's God's grace in my life. That's God's grace in our marriage. So what do we do to continue our marriage like on this path? Like we continue to pour out to other people and tell them the same things that work for us, 
But what that means is we got them out of God's word right. and we're applying them to our marriage. And I, so we consistently do that. I don't know that. how to give shouts out and have people get things, but I, I mean, the marriage wheel book would be a great tool for people. Yeah. Yes. Well, that's one of the things I, I, we like to do. Like we, we have a place under, I'll explain yeah. how a podcast works. Okay. You go online. What's the online? That's next to the cloud? You know Spotify. Spot, I've heard of Spotify. And you click it. There's a place for it's called show notes. You can read stuff. Sweet. We can link the marriage. Yes. Well, What's it called? And that's written it's by, by Dave and Kristen Wissen. Um, they were our um, counselors, and uh, we still talk with them often. Um, Dave is a good friend of mine. We don't get to talk all that much, but um, I know that I can call him just about any time, and he's going to answer his phone. But they, they both sat down and wrote a book, and I'll just give a shout-out to Kristen because I think she wrote most of it. <laughs> Dave just kind of put his name on the book. But, um, <laughs> no, they both spent a lot of time on this, and it's a really awesome tool. So I would love to make sure and get you guys a link so if anybody's listening, there's a lot of different things that they go through that Christy and I use, like she's talking about every like single day. Like she just listed like eight things yeah. if you were listening, and those are all things that would they would walk through in that book. Absolutely. Roles in marriage, roles of communicating with your spouse, all yes. those helpful mm-hmm. things. And it gives them an exercise to do at the end of the week, mm-hmm. or at the end of the day, to be able to go through and answer some questions. So it's a really, really great yeah. resource for people to understand kind of the things that we're sharing. Yeah. So... And I think something we say often on this podcast that you guys already said at the very beginning is to get into a church, right? That's like mm. preaching God's word, that loves Jesus. Um, because it would be ignorant of us to think that people who are listening to this are not struggling with their marriage or mm. like could be struggling in their marriage someday. And so having that community Amen. is going to be probably... Well, Galatians, it's really clear. Part. Bear one another's burdens and fulfill fulfill the law of Christ. And, and one of the things that I would say that we do is we want to do that. Mm-hmm. It's not only us doing it with other people, but it's other people pouring into our lives. Mm-hmm. So I love that you guys are both learning that in your early years in ministry to say we've got to have people around us. Well, that is and the part big, of that is not thing. just us helping others. That's right. <laughs> it's us being vulnerable enough to say we need help too and we need you to pour into us. Right. And um that's why you need to pick the people who are closest to you that are people who are going to give you God's word and not just their opinion or what they think. Right. Date so. night. That's another thing we have to do. Am I very good at date night? Are you going to take me on a date soon? or? Uh, that's a good... Well, you, you asked us, like, what really do we do? Like, oh, yeah. yeah. Date nights are important. Date your spouse. Well, we've had our kids here for like 14 days. I know. I know. <laughs> we've been really cramped in their style. Man. <laughs> had so many plans. We but are, it has been fun. We've got to... Fun. We've got to... Yeah. Watch some really good TV shows about <laughs> um, trees. We'll just leave it at that. Big, big Timber. <laughs> Shout out to Big Timber on Netflix. <laughs> Let the hours go by. But so it, do you, I have a question. What do you, what do you guys say to the couple that, in, in all sincerity, they think they have a great marriage, and maybe they're trying to figure out how do we not get to a place where we wake hmm. up one day and. And That's things a great are question, just going man. down the drain. Like, is counseling just for people who are in crisis mode that are so deep in the woods? That it's don't a know how great to get question. Out? Is, is that something for for married, young, middle aged, old married couples who things are just great? Yeah. You know, I'm gonna try and answer that, and you can help me, babe, because you're better with words and putting them all together. But I, I have two thoughts on the first on that first part. People who have a marriage that is great, praise God. Yeah. Praise God. I'm going to go off into the weeds and then try and come back. Individuals that come and sit with me and they say, Dan, I don't have a testimony like you have. I don't have a testimony like you have. I say, what are you talking about? Well, I wasn't suicidal and I didn't drink and I didn't lose my family and I just, I didn't this and I didn't, I'm like, 
Did you put your faith in Jesus Christ? Do you believe that he is your Lord and Savior? You have the most fantastic testimony ever given. Yeah. That is the testimony. I put my faith in Jesus. And so I look at them and I go, share that part. That's God's faithfulness in your life and your obedience to him. So if somebody has a great marriage, I would say, yes, they need to be open and honest and really evaluate what does my wife think about our marriage? And there's tools in the marriage in the marriage wheel book. There's different tools and questions that will draw that out. What I'd say if they have a great marriage and they want to share it, get involved in sharing it and what they're doing with the Lord yeah. and how they're walking with the Lord. Christy and I can tend to be skeptics from time to time. I'll speak for me, maybe not you, but I am skeptical. I sit with a lot of people and so I'm always watching and trying to discern. And so when somebody comes in with a great marriage, there's times where I go, what are they hiding? They're not telling the truth about something, but the truth is sometimes people just have a really great marriage because they're simply being obedient to the Lord. But it doesn't mean that you stop and you don't continue to pursue one another. Well, and I also think, okay, so we've done counseling eight or nine years. We've had hundreds of couples in our counseling room, hundreds. Not one time have we had a couple that sat across from us that said, um, our marriage is terrible. We're in crisis, but we pray together every single day. Oh, every single couple <laughs> that comes in, almost maybe, maybe I'm, maybe there was one out of the hundreds, but everybody says mm. I, we ask at the first session, how often do you pray together? And everybody except for maybe one said, we don't. We don't. Right. And so when you're asking like how, what happens when they don't have a crisis? Yeah. We'll continue to pray together two times a day and that's going to be great for you. And you probably won't ever have a crisis because we're asking the Lord to come into our marriage and we're praying together over the things that are going on. And that is so underestimated. People don't, they don't do it. Mm -hmm. They don't think about doing it. And so, I mean, going back to your last question too, like what is helping us? That's what it is. It's prayer together. Us being like, wait, what's going on is it sucks. Well, we need to pray about it. Right. And so, um, having a couple that fights and argues at times is good. Like in a healthy hey, way. Jif is not as good as yes. organic peanut butter. No, I'm just kidding. No, when I you're sitting there say, across from somebody and they're like, there's no passion in their in their marriage, and they're just like, we're good, everything's fine. It's like, do you do you guys have passion mm-hmm. in this marriage? Like, I, we love when people start getting into it in the in the room. And it's like, let's figure out how to do that in a healthy way. Yeah. Yeah. But have some passion. Yeah. What does then community look like for people who are so like in crisis mode? that might look like they need one-on-one counseling in their church, like with people who are walking through the Bible with them, right? Mm -hmm. What does it look like for the couple who is not, maybe doesn't need like one-on-one counseling and Mm -hmm. biblical like teaching in that way? What does community look like for them? Yeah, so hopefully they're involved in a church that has some type of a small group or um, discipleship group is what we call it at our church. But um, basically, we call that bottom-level soul care at our church, right? And so we have leaders who have like 14 to 16 people in their group, and they're they're saying the exact same things that we're saying in soul care. It's just not individual. Um, And so I would say getting involved in a church, the number one thing about that church that they're looking for is that they're preaching God's word unapologetically. Come on, girl. They're taking it out of the Bible and they're saying, this is what God calls you to do. And they're challenging you to take action, not just to know it, mm-hmm. but to do it. That's right. Um, it's a, it's a, there's a do part for us. There's not just a learn part. 
And um, I think sometimes in the in the past churches that a lot of our counselees have grown up in, it's more of a learn part. Mm-hmm. And now we're saying, no, you need to actually do what God calls you to do. So that's the number one thing. Find a church that's preaching the gospel and that's encouraging mm-hmm. you to take action. Number two, getting involved in a group of some sort where the people that you're picking to be closest to you are challenging you to do that right. same thing. Awesome. You are hot when you preach. Stop. <laughs> huh? Right? Yeah. Wasn't that's that a, nice? That can be appropriate. That's family appropriate. <laughs> that's family. Oh, this is family stuff? <laughs> oh, no, that's good. They're married. Oh, I just they called my other. wife hot. It's good, to so. let, it's good to let kids know that their parents love each other. Yeah. Um, we are kind of approaching our longest podcast episode. Yeah, oh, yeah which is awesome. No, sorry. this is great. We, we could keep talking forever. But before we kind of wrap this up, mm-hmm. off the top of your head, don't think about it. I'm going to ask each of you this question. Dan? What's one thing that you would say if someone's not doing this, a man, married, single, engaged, whatever, they need to start doing today? If they're not doing what specifically? No, you're giving like, us the answer. If this is something that if they're not doing this, they should be doing this. Maybe, Mom, you can okay. go first. No, I'll go first. Okay. Repent. No. Repent. Okay. Confess and draw near to the Lord. Mm-hmm. That's, the, that's where it starts. There's got to be repentance. Without repentance, there's no moving forward. We are called to repent, and that's a hard, strong word that people do not like to hear, specifically men, because it's a sign of weakness mm. and vulnerability, and men don't like it. Ooh, this is where this is where my this is where my love for men comes out. But it's like men, you must repent in a loving way, telling that. Yeah. But they need to repent. They need to confess their sins to the Lord, mm-hmm. confess it to others, and then start walking with the Lord. Yeah. But you don't move forward. I don't care how much church you go to. I don't care how many podcasts you listen to from the cloud. I don't care how many preachers you quote. I don't care how many scriptures you can say. I don't care what you know. It's what you're doing. It's just like what God, you just got done teaching. You need to repent. You need to confess. You need to cry out to the Lord. And then you start moving forward. So that's what I would say. Yeah. Christy, I'm asking the same question. What's Mm -hmm. one thing any woman in any life stage, if they're not doing it right now, they should be doing? Yeah, and I think... It could be the same answer. For some reason on this podcast, my theme has been this prayer thing, but I would say... I think we say that we pray to the Lord, but um, listen, God doesn't need us to pray because he already knows what we're thinking, but he wants us to pray so that we can indicate to him that we trust him fully and that we need him in Mm -hmm. our life, right? It's us drawing near to the Lord. And so when we're not doing that, what we're doing, what we're saying is, God, I got this and I don't fully trust you in my life. And so I would say um, some heartfelt prayer to the Lord every single day about where you're at and how you need to release things to the Lord. I mean, women really struggle with control of uh, almost all women, almost all women. (laughs) And what that really is, is us not wanting to fully let go of what we think we're in control of, which we aren't anyway. Or we want to be. Yeah. And releasing it to the Lord in full trust. Mm -hmm. And in the way that happens is in prayer to him and in, um, in confession to him too, but but looking to to trust that he has he has gone before us and he leads us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that's Good. great. So one of the things we like to do as we end our podcast is we like to challenge people to do something Ooh. practical between now and the next episode, which is two weeks. Do you guys have anything that you could possibly suggest our listeners do? Well, if they're that's. How about the one you shared earlier? <laughs> this is my daughter. You guys can't see sitting across and saying, Dad, we have to keep this keep this good. Now, people can't see that we're all sitting in a hot tub just chilling out right oh, now either, so can they? That's, that's awesome. awesome that people can't see what we're doing. This is so I'm getting kind of hot in here, though, so we're going to have to get oh, out of here soon. Goodness. 
Man, babe, there's so many good challenges. Well, you guys share some already. Yeah. It doesn't have to be be the most profound thing. Yeah. What's something practical that they can do this week? Like for of the married couple. Yep, sure. Sure. It's great. Hmm. This is a lot lot about marriage, so I can keep it there. Okay. Okay. I, I, man, I mean, I don't want to... You can say be intimate with your spouse. That be intimate with your spouse. <laughs> You're trying to keep it. Uh, I'm trying to be intimate with your spouse, designed by God for God, for glorifying God, and for loving one another. Be intimate with your spouse. Dad, why did you have to get so close I to the microphone sure when you did up. that? That's probably not good. Okay. Yeah, Matthew's giving yeah, me the wave a, off. Matthew's I remember before I got married, a uh, friend of mine, friend of my dad's, he's become a friend of mine, Ron Ewing, said... Uh, before you get married, the devil's going to do everything he can to get you to um, just be intimate with anyone and everyone. Mm. And then when you get married, he's going to do everything he can to stop you from being intimate with your spouse. Um, mm-hmm. And that's just something people have to fight for. So yeah. that's definitely that's a big, good. big yeah. fight for that one. Married couples to know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, one more, one more challenge. Let's just tell them go to the laundromat. Yeah, do and that. Just go tell, to the laundromat. The laundromat. Like, that, that's perfect, babe. That's tell, a great tell, homework assignment explain, for anyone. Explain, explain, explain it. In Draw your that out, babe. Room. So, Draw that out. So sometimes we, in our counseling room, we give this as homework. Um, but we ask them to go to the laundromat together and do all of their laundry together. And I know that sounds super stupid. Start to finish. But really what that is is you're doing a lot of give and take. You're doing a lot of you before me kind of love. You're um, folding things the way that the other person wants you to. You're mixing the laundry up in a different way than you really want to. And you actually have to communicate a ton because you're talking through the whole thing in not in trying not to get in a fight right and so sometimes at the end of our counseling we're like okay now this week you're going to go to the laundromat together and do all of your laundry and they're like wait what um and it's kind of just a test of where you're at in your marriage we should have done that because i would say 99 percent of our fights are how i don't fold the towels right that i was just gonna say you're gonna fold the towels different no you will (laughs) i do fold fold them different we would never we would never fight about that because i do not like doing laundry at all so if he's doing the laundry then i just this is how laundry goes in our house you're not folding that right well then you do the laundry okay you're folding that right yeah (laughs) that's basically where we've come and it's taken us 30 years but dan does all the laundry you guys ready to sing our closing hymn Yes. Oh, no. I'm just kidding. Wait. We don't have a closing hymn. No, I'm like, wait, what? You didn't have to prepare. God, he's a good singer. So. Yeah. So, hey, guys, we really hope that this episode, this interview was really helpful for you guys, just learning about ministry, life, and how God um, is overwhelmingly faithful, even when we don't see it or want to see it. And we hope that some of the resources we mentioned will be helpful for you guys. Um, we'll link those in the show yeah. notes. And then I think, babe, we should also link our marriage journal that we use. Yeah. So that's not going to be like a counseling marriage journal. It's something we go through every week with the same questions. Yeah. We've talked about it before, but we'll put that in there too. Yeah. So we hope you guys enjoy this episode, and we're really excited to see you guys next time. See ya. Bye. Bye.